and welcome to another episode of Improperly Packaged, a show we unbox topics related to movies, TV, games, whatever. I am Jordan. With me is Luke. How you doing, Luke? What is up, guys? How you doing? We are recording a lot later than we usually do. It's us. We usually are like on a Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday, maybe, but this is Sunday, the day before we actually post a thing. It's Happy Easter. Yeah. It was a birthday week for me, so it yeah, happy was a birthday. little different. Did you have a good one? A good quarantine birthday? <laughs> I did. I did. I had as good of a birthday as you can have when the world's on fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's tough, man. I mean, like, it's a time where you want to be kind of communal around the people you love, but yeah, yeah, we're told we can't do that. So, yeah, but. Yeah, there's not a lot to be done right now. No. Um, <laughs> a up lot top, of hanging out. Absolutely. And a lot of Zoom meetings. But uh, up top, I want to <laughs> apologize uh, for um, the audio on my end today. It's uh, a little rough. My uh, interface, what uh, basically I plug my mic into that goes in my computer, it is run its course. And so, but I will be getting a new one and uh, hopefully it'll sound better uh, by next week. Yeah. Hard time to go and buy something like that. Yeah. Hopefully. Unfortunately. Uh, Hopefully the internet will uh, <laughs> ship yeah. it fast to me. It's the know. only way to shop it and shop now. Yeah, exactly. Right. There's no going to Guitar Center or whatever to pick it up. Yeah. I hope those days come back eventually. Yeah, we can only hope. Um, real quick, Luke, is my, uh, my, is my audio sounding okay on your end? Any stuttering? Anything? Yeah, I can, say on your, I can hear you fine. Okay, great. Excellent. Um, let's go ahead and jump right into it. We're going to be reviewing a movie today, but we're going to do some uh, watching slash playing. I think you went last week, so I'll... <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> question. Okay, I know we, we usually talk in private about what we're going to do next week, but I guess I'll, I was just thinking about it. Can we talk about Lord of the Rings next week? I watched... Sure. I watched the extended... I actually watching a little, a little bit today. Really? <laughs> Just well, I was out at my parents for my birthday, so uh, it was on TV. So I watched a little bit of the Two Towers. Dude, I I want to talk about it, and it's not going to be able to fit into my watching slash play because I have so much to say. I mean, it's not <laughs> like it's my first time watching it. I usually watch the extended version. You watch all three of them? Yeah, yeah. Um, last weekend really is when, like, after we recorded, we watched all three the extended editions on Blu-ray, and uh, I just want to talk about it. I, I uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk all about it next week. But anyways, <laughs> there you go. Anyways, um, so I'm not going to talk too much about this because you talked about it. Uh, I finished Doom 2016. Definitely not Doom Eternal, I know. So I'm not going to harp there on There we go. About That's something we both did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I beat it, and it's a fun game for sure. It's interesting because it's like it, it almost feels like in a way like you take an old game and you take it into this generation because it's very much like, here's the gameplay. Yeah, go, sure. go, 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 go. Yeah. It's not super cinematic. There's not all these dialogues that are being thrown at you. It's very much, here's the game. You like the gameplay now go, you know, and I like that. Um, so yeah, it is, it is crazy because I was kind of like looking at like the old footage because like the 64 version, as we talked about last week, came out to like modern concert consoles. I don't know why I said concerts, <laughs> but uh, I was looking through the store on Xbox one and saw that it was for sale. I was like looking through the screenshots and just remembering the gameplay and stuff and thinking like, wow, that is quite a jump that they had to make, you know, from yeah. like what, what makes doom doom. And then what makes it fun in today's world, but like remains that core doom that, you know, people will recognize and, and fans of the series will want to flock to. And, you know, that's always a tough thing, especially with something that's been, you know, laying dormant for so long. Like, like I think of a Half-Life instance, because Half-Life Alex came out, you know, this past week. And, you know, I didn't get to play that game, but that's another example where, you know, that apparently got a 10 out of the 10, like apparently it was a great yeah. game. That's, you know, it's a testament to these developers in software and Valve for how incredible they are honestly because i think that is about as hard as it can get you know make something original with some new storyline that you know keeps the heart of the old game also advances the gameplay you know like does all these things and mm -hmm. still like feels like the old game you know whether it's half-life or, or doom so it's you know i'm impressed by both of the developers i would say those are two of just the top tier like like if you're going to keep an eye out on what, you know, those guys are going to make, like, like do for sure, because it, 
it's exciting. Uh, I wish Valve would come out with with more games. You know, they come out with few games, and yeah, honestly, it's like it's a celebration of the whole like time period when they come out with the game. It's like, oh my gosh, everybody like stop everything. You know, same kind of thing with Rockstar and GTA. So, yeah. All that being said, um, all that being said, just like you know, it's a, an exciting time. We have, we have Rockstar, you know possibly announcing the GTA six. I, I know I'm getting off on a tangent, but it might That's like fine. these things are just coming to mind as I'm like yeah. thinking about, you know, doom and doom eternal, what you're talking about. So it's exciting. You know, if, if you guys have a PSVR, you know, freaking check out half-life Alex for those of us like me who do not have it. So. I think it's not even on PlayStation VR. I think it's just like on a, Oh, I thought it was. Okay. Yeah. I think it's just for PC uh, VR stuff. So I mean, that's, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's a big I one. I really apparently. thought it was PSVR. So it's not coming there at all. At least not now. I mean, I haven't heard anything oh, okay. about it, but hmm. um, it's like the Mac daddy of VR games right now. So that's, uh, so it's, it's it's the one uh, Facebook owns. What's uh, Oculus? It's coming yeah. to Oculus, I guess. Yeah, Oculus and uh, whatever. Basically, Oculus can run it, and as well as uh, Vive, I, I suppose. Vive. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, you don't hear about it, Vive as much, even though no. it sounded like it was the more technically better VR headset. The branding, I guess. I don't know. It's um, interesting where the market goes. Absolutely. Uh, with Doom, I just dug my I dug my heels in like over the past week and just was like, I'm gonna finish this freaking game. Yeah. And it was one of those things where it's like I knew I had probably like sixty percent left, and if I just dug my heels in, I'm like, I'm gonna freaking do this. And yeah, it gets hard. There's some parts where I was like, mm, just freaking like yeah. getting into it. Some of know? those bosses are really tough. It's really funny because that final boss is like nothing compared to some of the former bosses it was like you know the spider brain thing and i'm like die die and i'm like okay here yeah. comes the second yep. second phase of this boss fight i'm like what there's no second phase because like every the one, one before has- it was the two guys right mm-hmm. yeah and that one that one's pretty tough yeah i died a <laughs> two lot tough on that bosses one. at the same time i died on that horn guy who basically would close you in and shoot crap at you that was cool because it was like it reminded yeah. me of like a like a mega man uh, boss fight where you have to do a lot of like memorization to like memorize his movements and they're like okay now he's gonna do this right. which means i have to do this and so that's cool i don't see that yep. a lot in first person shooters and so it's really neat uh playing a game like that um uh but that's only one of the games that i uh rolled credits on uh the second one which is really the one i want to talk about the most is uh, again an older game not as old as doom's 2016 but le- a little less than a year old uh death stranding so my goal was to beat this before final fantasy 7 remake uh came out which it did friday and i beat death stranding at 2:30 a.m. dang <laughs> after after work thursday i basically i was like nope here we freaking go i'm gonna do this <laughs> and get through this i do not want this like hanging over my shoulder when uh, i'm just wanting to enjoy final fantasy 7 remake um so yeah oh my god where do i begin with uh, this game this uh thing that i played okay so i, I want to kind of narrow it down with some of my experience here experiences that i went through i i went through some frustration with this game first of all <laughs> First of all, this is a game where mainly you just get from point A to point B. It's, it's about going from point A to point B, but there are certain obstacles in your way. And usually the obstacles are the terrain, your equipment, and every now and then you'll run into some ghosts that you have to fight or some people every now and then. Um, oh, my gosh. And so basically <laughs> while delivering things, you'll deliver things like just packages, bodies and stuff like that. And it like slows you down and so you have to worry about stamina. You have to worry about tripping and falling and destroying your cargo and stuff like that. Honestly, I, I was waiting until I beat the game to come down on this. I do not like the gameplay of this game. Just hard stop. I, so it took I, a little while to decide, huh? Hey, I wanted to see it where it went. It was up in the air. There's moments where I'm like, this is acceptable. Like, it feels like in moments I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like, like I'm playing a game. You know what, you know what I mean? Right. Um, mm-hmm. For instance, let me show you, to share with you one of the, a couple of frustrating stories from this. And then I'll kind of talk about some positive stuff. All right. So here's a mission. I would like some story stuff's happening and I'm like, okay, I'm what I need to deliver this live person to another area. Basically, she gets on your back in a little pack and you have to like walk her over uh, hills and valleys to get to where you need to go. And as soon as I leave, 
the, like one of the main villains shows up. He's like, well, well, well. And I'm like, oh no, not freaking now. Are you kidding me? We're doing this right now. And he like summons this giant monster and I have this woman on my back. And like, and so here I am running around. And I'm like, I'm not prepared. I don't have the things that I need. I'm like, gosh, I could have used a few more blood packs. I could have used a few more grenades. But Evan, I can't go back. If I die, it's just going to load me at the start of the boss fight anyway. Is it, so, uh, one question. Is it similar to Resident Evil and where like it controls the amount of stuff you have and you have to like pick and choose what you use the whole time? Very limited inventory. 100%. I mean, you can... You can pick up as much as you can carry, which can honestly be a lot. But the more you pick up, the more it slows you down. It's like I'm imagining, you know how like in games like Zelda, Link can just pick up the world and it's just in an inventory screen. It doesn't, you don't see it right, on them. Right. You don't see the 20 bombs on them. But holy crap, is it like that in Death Stranding? And so I have this woman on my back, which takes up most of my cargo space. And I'm still running around and like... Every now and then I'll, I'll find like ammo on the battlefield or like a blood pack. I'm like, holy crap, I need this. There's this big monster chasing me around. And so I press the button to pick up the, the blood pack and I put down the girl. I'm like, no, I don't want to put yeah. down the woman. <laughs> I want to grab the butt. And so here I am, this monster is chasing me through this gunk and I'm like switching back and forth between this one <laughs> and I'm getting the crap beat out of me. And it's, I'm just like, oh my God. It just, <laughs> it's the gameplay it, most of the time, not all the time, most of the time is just stressful you know it's one of those things i was talking about doom i think last week where i'm like ah come on get me to the demons i want to blast some demons it's awesome and this yeah. i'm like when ghosts show up i'm like oh no you know yeah. it's not it doesn't mean a fun time it means just like mm-hmm. you're slaving through it it's like oh it's a it, grind yeah, i mean it, a grind i guess is the best way of putting it 100%. I definitely felt like when I was trying to dig my heels in, getting through this, playing like the last 20 or however many, 15, 20 hours left of this game, it definitely felt like I am grinding here. I, I am persevering and say, okay, and so that that's one instance of frustration. And so then there's like what they have you do. So I just want to kind of move to the next story because I will say the stories intriguing like i'm intrigued most of the time a lot of the time it's obscure and there's some weird stuff in the story that i don't like like every now and then like they insert humor into it where this is a very serious story but all of a sudden like this humorous moment will happen i'm like what was that and it's like not funny like for instance this like important conversation happened and like norman reedus's character will walk by a turntable which is playing an old record and he'll like scratch it and go like yeah boy and it's supposed to be like this funny thing but it's out of nowhere and that's not the tone of the game that yeah i mean that's like an hideo kojima kind of thing i mean yes. that's something i've seen before many times in metal gear uh-huh. where it's like wow like there's so many things i like about this but like what like what what is this and like yeah I, I don't know. One of the biggest things is they're just like so long and so many cutscenes, and yeah, and the gameplay for me has always been a problem with Kojima games. There's so many cool things, but then it's like, man, why did you do that? Like, yes. I just, I don't get it. The funny thing is, it's like, I always say this, but the only point of reference I have to Hideo Kojima, honestly, I'm not a big Metal Gear Solid fan. I, I mean, I not because I don't like it, I just haven't played them. The only other Kojima games I've played was Zone of the Enders, which yeah. that is a game that is fun to play. You're like pretty much a Gundam and you're just like zipping all over the place, blasting. That's up. like all about gameplay there. Yeah. Um, okay, so another part of this game where, like, I'm doing some major story stuff. I'm thinking I'm coming up to the end. I'm like, oh, my gosh, we're doing this. I've just done all sorts of stupid missions. One of them was, like, I have to, like, all right, so in my real-life job, a lot of my job right now, because a lot of people can't go to the appointments that I'm supposed to schedule, I have to schedule them over the phone. Mm -hmm. I scheduled a freaking telephone conference with a doctor in the game. That's how mundane some of the stuff is. Like, oh, this person needs a doctor. (laughs) And there's, like, another base where I had to link someone up. And I was like, oh, my God. That's great. I'm scheduling telemedicine appointment in the freaking game. It's Jordan's Occupation Simulator. I know. 2020. <laughs> COVID um, edition. Exactly. <laughs> I And like, I almost like, there's this point where I like pretty much dropped the controller. I was like, I couldn't believe it. Uh, like I just beat this big <laughs> boss, this big story thing happened. And then another twist happens. And then they literally say, cause basically the whole game is you going from East to West, like all the way across the country. Yeah. And it's like this truncated version, I guess of it. And so right. they were like, okay. The you US mean, you mean? Yeah, the United States of America. Huh. Yeah. It's all about reconnecting. I didn't America. realize that. 
Yeah. Interesting. Um, and so I beat this thing that I had when I made it all the way to West and then something happens and they say, Sam, you got to make it all the way back to the East coast of the freaky United States. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Cause it basically the entire game spent getting to West, but all right. It ended up not being as bad because they're like, you don't have to have any cargo, just go. And like pretty much having no cargo in that game, which is so rare. It's so rare, like extremely rare when you don't have any like giant thing on your back. And so I felt like freaking Nathan Drake. So then it's go- a running simulator. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's like, you're just going up hills, <laughs> but it's just, Oh my gosh. I will say this though. I think a lot of what they do with the story it, towards the end a lot of the twists that they have in the game they're well a lot of them are well earned actually like it, i had me thinking at the end not like thinking about life or anything but like huh so what did that mean and like i wanted to think about yeah. it but so like honestly i think would have made this game better if it was instead it took me like 35 hours to beat it if it was 15 i think that might have been your sweet spot yeah find a thing because like at that point point you can just the story would be enough to kind of enrapture you in the whole thing. And there'd be enough variety in the gameplay. Cause there is a lot of variety. Sometimes it's stealth. Sometimes it's actually like, Holy crap. I'm like playing a third person shooter here for just like a brief moment. It's just, it's strange, but yeah, I, I don't really feel like I can recommend this game to most people. If you are, if you are super interested in the story you look at this and you're like i gotta know what's up with death stranding what is death stranding all this stuff looks just crazy to me whatever the gameplay is okay it's secondary to me wanting to know what they're talking about here then yeah check it out because i think there's some cool stuff story wise do you think it's worth the 60 i mean honestly if that if it's in your if it's what you want, if the game, if, if after you hear everything that's said about the game and you're like, oh, that sounds good, I'd say yeah, because there's a lot into it. There's a lot going on here. It's gorgeous. It's big. There's a lot of content. Like, I'm not yeah. going to do the extra content. I'm not doing the in-game content, but there's a lot of it. You think that's um, how most people will be? What? Uh, think they'd be like me? Just kind of be done after they finish the game? Um, I am kind of... Huh, I think there's a lot of people who won't finish the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, there's so much be some... less play the extra stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. May not even get through. There's going to yeah. be some people who are getting these parts. And they're like, nope. And other things will come out and they'll be drawn to those things. And by the time they have the time to play death stranding, they're just not going to have the drive to do it. And they're just going to try to do other things. But I mean, people who are fans of Kojima and fans of the, the way he tells stories and just fans of sci-fi, like really hardcore sci-fi fans, there's a lot of meat as far as the story goes. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff to kind of think about, if, especially if you have another friend that's played it, because that was how it was with me. Uh, a friend loaned it to me, and I, and I was actually like, yeah, yeah, I'm actually excited to talk to you about this game after I beat it, you know, and so I can talk to you about, okay, did this mean this? And, oh, it was crazy when I found out this, and this was my theory, and I was wrong here. You know, that whole thing. But uh, right. overall, I think to the average uh, gamer, uh, they're going to find a lot to be frustrated <laughs> by with the game. And uh, I'm glad I beat it because, you know, uh, I, I am glad that I had the story stuff uh, to talk about and to experience, yeah. but gameplay wise, I was more frustrated uh, most of the time than uh, <laughs> there was maybe a few times where I'm like, yeah, I'm really feeling this. I'm feeling like I'm able to be to strategize and, and uh, get my way here. But most of the time I'm like just frustrated with it. But do you see a path where he could have changed the way it played? They could have, you know, made the game completely different, more enjoyable for you. hundred percent. I mean, hundred percent. I mean, you could have had the same story and not had the crux of the game be delivering crap. Because honestly, the whole delivering crap and just having it weigh you down, like you feel weighted down. You feel it yeah. during the whole, you feel like as you're playing, you're like, oh my God, you feel like you're just trudging through it. They could have had a way to make the gameplay fun. You could still have like stealth. It doesn't have to be blam, 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 shoot them up. You can just find different stuff to do. But what they did, I, I don't think it, it was very uh, satisfying far as gameplay yeah. is concerned but yeah you know it is what it is uh i'm interested to see what he does next because again he's obviously super creative i mean maybe he's a little too creative because there's some parts in the game where i'm like man he was really up his own butt when he was writing this you know in certain parts but yeah for the most part he had a story to tell and you know and 
it was cool to experience it, but yeah. Anyways, that, that's that. Um, a few other things that I, so, uh, I'm not going to talk a lot about this, but I did watch Tiger King. I watched the entire freaking thing, which isn't long. Yeah. It's like seven episodes, but you know, it, it, I, I watched it hardcore as like a bandwagon thing. I will 100% admit to that. Oh my God, what's everyone talking about? What's this Tiger King crap? <laughs> Let's take a look. And honestly, I watched it and I was like, yeah, this is entertaining in like a way where you're like, oh my God, this freaking happened. And oh my God, this freaking happened. You know, you're like, <laughs> at one, yeah. one, in one part, you're entertained by the stupidity of the human race. And then in one hand, you're horribly discouraged by it. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm glad That's kind of what I've heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad it's not long. I'll say that. I mean, if you're, if you want to, you know, uh, <laughs> like I guess be a part of the conversation, if that's really important to you, uh, check it out. I mean, you might be more, well, I've, I've heard people be way more entertained uh, by it than I was, which I was entertained. I was like, oh my God, this is, this is crazy. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Crazy seems to be the word that everybody says. It's just like, it's nuts what happens. Yeah. And I don't like reality TV. And uh, I'd say if someone does like reality TV, like the drama heavy reality TV, um, this is like the ultimate version of that. Not so much that it, it's just I so thought it was more documentary style. It 100% is. It's not re- it is documentary style. It's not reality TV. But almost the way it plays, it's almost like it's reality TV sometimes because like yeah. they shot so much footage of this man. Like this man was so obsessed with himself. He was making rea- he was making a reality TV show. And so there's oh, really? so okay. much footage of this man. And so like, and you can see how so it, it never got aired, I assume. And they just turned it into this. I, I don't know. It may have gotten aired. I see, I saw some <laughs> stuff about it being on CMT or something like that, but it may have, it's just like the crap that you find out in this thing. You're like, Oh my God, is this real? And you're like, Oh my God, it's real. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's whatever I watched it. It, it. Yeah. It's fun to watch SNL and be like, Oh, I get this Carol Baskin joke. And you know, apparently they're going to do another episode. Uh, apparently they're going to like add on a new episode where they're like, Oh, we're talking to him from jail, which is, uh, yeah, which is, which is nuts. But <laughs> I thought I even saw like a whole like second season, like talking about Carol more, focusing on her story. I, I haven't watched it, but I just like seen some news about it. And there was even like some things I was seeing on Instagram about maybe a movie being chaos, but you know, I'm sure that's just a rumor at this point. It, I, I it might be true. This thing is, uh, I'm sure uh, they didn't expect it to blow up. So it's like, you know. Yeah. Let's take advantage of it, you know, while we have the attention. So let's get this movie out immediately in the middle of a virus. (laughs) Yep. I'm sure the people who are like a part of it, because these people are like, it's, they're crazy. They're like obsessed with themselves. They're obsessed with the drama that surrounds them. So like the fact that this kind of like bolsters their own insane, insane image, I'm sure they're eating it up. They're like, Oh my God. Yeah. uh, Make a movie. Cause he, the main guy, Joe exotic, he's like, yeah, I'd like to see Brad Pitt uh, cast to play me you know yeah i think i saw that (laughs) oh sure of course you do sure you do of course (laughs) who who wouldn't so do i (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) um other than that not too much Uh, i've seen i watched a few movies that i haven't seen before i have i don't know if i told you this luke but i think you may have seen it when you came to my house thousand years ago back when we were allowed to do that um (laughs) i have this um poster on uh my wall that's like a hundred movies to see before you die it's like a scratch off and so you just scratch off movies oh, yeah. that are on I've the I've seen list. it, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the uh, Christmas calendar, similar. Like exactly. The Advent calendar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we watched Lord of the Rings because that was what we'll talk about next week. And we watched Gangs of New York, which is uh, a long, it's yeah. a ridiculous, but entertaining movie. I think it's kind of entertaining. But, oh, yeah. It's a good movie. I'll save uh, Final Fantasy VII for t- uh, next week because, like, I, I kind of got, you know, it just came out Friday. So... But I am like no. 10 hours into it. So I played a good chunk of it over the weekend. because I'm interested. I guess we shouldn't talk about it now, but I saw no, a ahead. thing that said it's not the full game. So mm-hmm. I'm interested to see what that means. Yeah, so. it, it's it's interesting. I mean, I'm 10 hours in. Apparently it's like 30, 35, 40 maybe, um, which is a, that's a, the full length of a game. But I'm wondering if at the end of this, I'm going to be like, did they just cut it off? And it's like cut to black and it's like, oh, come back next time. Or do I feel like I've been on a, yeah experience the full game because you know 
it's strange because it would be weird to feel like, you know, like for instance, playing Last of Us 1, it would be weird playing that knowing that the rest of the story um, has been told somewhere else or something like that. Or, or I don't know. Or <laughs> it, it would just be strange because that game does cut to black at the end. But at the time, it was like, there's no Last of Us 2 being talked about, but it's strange playing a game knowing that yeah. another game, an old game, exists of that. That's the entire story. Um, but so yeah, far, that is strange. This is a. I'm so far. I'm loving it. Like it's quality, quality, quality. I mean, like just the. I think the. <laughs> it's like I'm not so much so that I'm not actually used to this much quality, uh, being in a Final Fantasy. Uh, game which is not to say i love final fantasy i love it but the way this is handled and how cinematic it is and how they flesh out the characters they flesh them out in a way where i'm not used to it in a final fantasy game and you know they're flushing them out way more than they did in the original uh so they're they're just trying to do a lot with this they're trying to make it an epic 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 which you know cool i mean i'm enjoying it so far uh like hardcore i'm actually loving it the music is phenomenal the visuals are great and the combat's fun. And so it's, <laughs> yeah, uh, excited to talk more about it. I'll probably Good. talk more about it after I beat it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, anything you, uh, you got to talk about Luke before we head into our, uh, um, kind of two things that I think people might be interested in. Um, the hustle was added to this strange thing where I guess it's kind of part of those, just kind of this wave of things where people are releasing content. We kind of talked about last week, HBO had released a bunch of their content for free, which I still like when I dived deeper into like how deep the catalog was of the HBO content, it was like, this is crazy. Like they're giving away honestly all their best content, (laughs) like old and, you know, very new shows. They're just like giving them away, which, you know, I think is either, really smart or maybe really dumb but either way it's like it's just impressive you know like this this could be great for them you know people could get hooked and just say oh my gosh like if this is what you know is if this is just the free stuff like i gotta see what else is on there and mm-hmm. you know of course new seasons of these shows that i've now watched will come out well not all of them the wire is not gonna have a new season but you know <laughs> barry will probably have a new season so you know they will probably get hooked on that and want to watch more um but I don't know, just impressed by that. But so anyways, what I was actually talking about, so Epix for some reason was offering a free like trial or something through the Amazon Prime. So huh. the Hustle, the uh, Anne Hathaway and Rebel Wilson movie was on there. So we we watched that. I guess that was the one Bethany had watched before when the theaters were open in the year, you know, 20, not whenever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she had, she had already seen it, but I, I hadn't seen it. So I got to watch that comedy about these two con women who end up teaming up and like pulling all these different con jobs and kind of got a twist at the end. And yeah, overall, you know, it's good quality comedy. Um, it's, it's, it's not the comedy of, you know, years ago. I just, it feels like comedy in general has just kind of changed, you know, since we grew up, yeah. it's, it's a lot less like just plain goofy and like all these like silly things. Like, like I kind of think of the like scary movie and all the movies that were kind of around it. Like what there was a high school one and there's like disaster movie and there's like all these movies and a lot of them are really stupid and I don't really want them to come back, but some of them (laughs) were pretty funny. And you know, there, there was also like the Will Ferrell movies, like, like stepbrothers and you know, that was the ice rink one with a, Oh geez, the guy. Oh from, yeah, uh, blades of uh, blades. Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, so there's like movies like that, and like like I said, like disaster movie and stuff like. There's just all those comedies that it just felt like we got flooded with them, kind of in the timeline between like, you know, maybe the late '90s, like maybe the year 2000 up to like maybe 2010, uh, and maybe a little later than that. But like that time frame, like that 10 years, it seems like there there was a lot of good comedies, you know, a lot of bad ones, but a lot of comedies that I think will live on through the years, like Step Brothers, like the Anchorman. You know, of course, I'm, I'm mentioning Will Ferrell because, you know, I love yeah. so many of these comedies, but there's, there's so many comedies that I'm sure I'm not mentioning now that I think will kind of live on and, and will remember. And I don't know, like, like The Hustle is a movie where I feel like, you know, it could have been one of those movies. It could have been a movie that would have been, you know, something you rewatch later, but I don't know. It was, it was kind of like so many comedies that we've talked about. Um, 
There was that uh, Jexy movie. I think that was the last comedy I'd seen before Four. The Hustle. <laughs> and, and, you know, it was like, Jexy was like, it's funny, but, you know, I'm going to completely forget I ever watched this movie. I'm, I'm never yeah. going to think about it again. And The Hustle wasn't that, but, you know, it was only marginally better than Jexy. It was, you know, it was funny. It was good. It was good acting, uh-huh. but it wasn't great in any way. It wasn't memorable. It wasn't, you know, the twist was interesting enough you know it's a movie that they might get a sequel to but i don't know there's too many of those where i just i don't know what it is there's just not that comedy magic that like makes you like oh my gosh like oh you know what there was another movie um we watched as well dodgeball there's another movie that like you know it may have not seemed like a big movie back in the day but like there's so many lines that ben stiller says in that movie that like you know, you and I, and, you know, me and some of my other friends like quote and like say back to each other, just, you know, to me, that's a, you know, that's a telltale sign that this is a movie that's going to live in your mind for, you know, 20, 30 years later yeah. as this like super funny, just, just good quality, goofy, you know, comedy writing. And, you know, I didn't get a lot of that out of the hustle. So kind of disappointed. It was all right. I would definitely say, you know, if you can find it, if it's still, you know, available on epics to watch, like it got really bad reviews. I don't think it's that bad, but it's, it's all right. But you know, just all that to kind of say, like, I miss those days. I I really miss those good comedies that just keep you wanting to watch them again and again and something you want to own and go back to. And I don't think there's enough of those disappointingly enough. A lot of theories um, and, you know, schools of thought as to why, uh, a lot of these comedies uh, don't exist anymore. I mean, some people say it's the uh, the comedians are they're just not as strong as comedians as Will Ferrell, and you know, even though they're still doing it, they're just kind of past their prime. And Jim Carrey and all those people. Um, yeah. other, other people uh, think that it's the internet that uh, killed comedy, uh, you know, in the movies in a lot of ways because we have you can absorb quick laughs like uh, on YouTube, a lot of funny videos. You can just keep it going and just laugh and laugh and laugh just by watching videos and I don't know um, that might be. It's true, funny to me that th- those people didn't start there and are able to move into doing, you know, comedy for TV shows or movies. Yeah. Um, but they don't, they don't seem to do that. I, I know like, like I'm familiar with, you know, a lot of stars that I started watching on, gosh, I just lost it. Twitter, Twitter bought it. I just, I had it in my mind. I can't remember the name of it, Vine? but it was kind of, yeah, Vine. It was Vine, you know, was kind of one of the first places that I would say that a lot of it was just such a comedy central like thing, you know, in my mind. All the videos that came up to me was like it was like all comedy. Like Yeah. I guess I guess a medium kind of dictates what it what it's used for and you know, 8 seconds it's it's not enough to like tell, you know, emotional stories about what's going on, but it is enough to like make a joke about stubbing your toe, you know, on your mm-hmm. bed or something like so yeah, it was it was it was a great place, and I, I'm I'm sad it's gone. And you know, those kind of people have moved, you know, to TikTok and probably mostly Instagram at this point. And yeah, I don't know. It's just it's not quite the same com- community, and it doesn't force you to do the same things. And anyways, the, I, I I I like to ramble too often, but my point is like there was a lot oh, of man. people there who show. became. <laughs> there's a lot of people there who became big and. You know, like you were saying, like you would think that that would just be the new medium, the new place. It would be the new SNL or it would be the new um, BCBG. You know, it'd be something like that where like this is where the stars start up and, you know, this is where they get known and they get seen by a producer and then they mm. you know, get on TV show or they get on SNL or whatever it is. But no, it, it doesn't seem to work that way. Like I've seen a couple of them do a couple like Netflix movies. Um, the Babysitter had this one guy, Bach, who started off in Vine and. You know, he's now doing comedy on Instagram and I guess you just make, you're able to make enough money off YouTube and Instagram. Yeah. Like I guess, and I, I don't know, that's sad for me. I just, I think it's such a communal thing to have like movies and, you know, quotable scenes and like stuff mm-hmm. like Zoolander, like stuff that's just, man, it's going to, it's going to live on forever. Like, you know, at no point where we not be talking about the movie airplane, even though it's yeah. 40 years ago. It's like, it's just, yeah, it's classic. So it's kind of think- sad. I think also a lot of comedians, people, because a lot of things uh, comedians did, they were like, oh man, to make it, you got to be in a movie. And you like, if they had, if they were like doing stand up or whatever, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm in a movie, I made it. But now it's like, I think actually, like, there's streaming has provided this path 
to a viewing stand-up where before it's either you go to the show or you get the CD or something like that. But now net stand-up on like Netflix, it's actually pretty big. And so a lot, a lot of people may not feel like they have the need where I think a lot, except for Kevin Hart. Well, Kevin Hart's uh, one of those stand-up comedians who are making a lot of film. And I think, I guess that's because he's good yeah. at it. He, he probably enjoys it, but a lot of them are like, no, I love stand-up. So uh, they don't ha- need to, uh, movies as maybe their pathway to success maybe as much because of uh, the way they can kind of put their shows out there. Maybe. I don't know. The only issue I have with like Kevin Hart stuff is like, I really enjoy him, but it just doesn't feel like he's supported well enough in his movies. Like I like his part, but then like the comedy runs dry when it's not his scenes. Like Uh he did what the two, whatever ride along with a ice cube. And like, I, I like the idea that like Ice Cube is this like angry guy next to like Kevin Hart's like ridiculous goofiness, but it only works for so long, you know? Yeah. Like like to go two full movies and like that's the stick for that long. Uh, I mean, it starts to dry up. It's just mm-hmm. it's like we said, like like Jim Carrey and Will Ferrell, like each one of their characters was so different, and they had like a pretty good supporting cast. And I, I wish Kevin Hart had that because I do think you know, he's one of those guys who's up to the caliber of those actors we've talked, we've talked about those comedian actors. So I don't know. I I feel bad. I mean, obviously he's doing great. I just, I wish Kevin Hart had that kind of movie. Like we're talking like an anchor man that was like, Oh my gosh, like that was Kevin Hart's, you know, home run performance. Yeah. I mean, comedians like Adam Sandler, Will Ferrell, and even Jim Carrey and like Eddie Murphy, like they had, like when they did movies, like, you know, they did, they played parts a lot of times, you know. Rob Schneider, I would say, would be another one. Yeah, and with Kevin Hart, you enjoy watching Kevin Hart. He's really funny all the time, pretty much, but it's always just Kevin Hart. He's never like, I'm playing yeah. a different character, which it's actually fun. It's not like act- City Slickers where you have like this dynamic cast like playing off each other. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and, and it is kind of fun to, to see him in a, in a Jumanji, which they're actually trying to be like, oh, now you're playing yeah. – Kevin Hart playing Daddy Glover, basically, yeah. which is it's fun, but it's not the same, you know. But I don't know. <laughs> Th- those two movies, I would say, would be ones that you know have definitely upped the quality of the comedy. Those, you know, I would say those were good action adventures, not as good as you know what we were talking about, but yeah, I mean, definitely a, a better movie than The Hustle. I would say I enjoyed a lot more. Uh, yeah, which it's funny because like in Jumanji, it's like not like you're not t- you know like in like a Jim Carrey movie, like, oh, it's Jim Carrey, he's Ace Ventura, or he's Stanley Ipkiss as the mask. But no, in uh, the Jumbanji movie, it's like, oh, no, it's this actor playing another actor. So it's not yeah. like, oh, they're playing this famous character. No, he's yeah, just doing true. his impression of, you know, Rock's just doing an impression of Danny DeVito. And so it's, it's kind of weird. It's just different. Thing. It's very different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that was a lot of talk about the hustle, which... <laughs> Or the <laughs> world surrounding the hustle. <laughs> Comedy in general, jeez. Which I don't even know if I would recommend that movie. But <laughs> yeah, go watch all those other movies we mentioned. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing is, you know, playing along. Modern Warfare is kind of my game right now. Like, mm-hmm. we we went back to play a little bit of Halo. We, we were having some server troubles in Modern Warfare. So, you know, Halo 5, of course, is always my solid rock. But Season 3 has come out for Modern Warfare now. So we added two new weapons. We got a new pistol, new uh, marksman rifle. And probably the biggest news just in the Call of Duty world is with the Season 3 comes the ability to buy the remastered version of the campaign of Modern Warfare 2, the old Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. So I have not purchased that. I probably will. Um, From what I've seen, it's just a great remake probably the biggest disappointment about the whole thing, which, you know, obviously, you know, I'm always appreciative people putting in all that work with the remakes. Like these teams do amazing work. I mean, look at the resident evils, like incredible, you know, I'm, I'm so glad that they don't, didn't just HD upvert, you know, Mm -hmm. like they kind of did when Xbox one and PS4 came out. I'm I'm glad that like, there's kind of this new wave of, you know, modern warfare two campaign, like completely being like revamped and like all these, parts in there like being recreated and up like way better not just like hd version from 720 to 1080 so all that being said um that came out uh, we got new operators new vehicle skins you know all that all that jazz um we also got one new multiplayer map that's back lot from modern warfare 3 
Mm. which oh, crossing my fingers. I really hope they do that remake that whole game, maybe, you know, with the next Call of Duty. If it makes um, enough money. But, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, these things are selling, these remakes. But the most disappointing thing that they... So when they did Modern Warfare, the first Modern Warfare remastered, they included the multiplayer. So a lot of people came back and were playing it. Um, but then they did not redo the multiplayer for Modern Warfare 2. So that's really disappointing because, you know, that's where all the replayability is. That campaign for all three of those games was excellent and I'd love to play them again. But it's kind of like, you know, you were just talking about, you know, it's one of those things where you play it, you're done, you move on. But, you know, the multiplayer, I'm a multiplayer guy, so I love to come back to the multiplayer. And, you know, I'd come back for years later, kind of like with the Master Chief collection, like this ability to come back and play all these old Call of Duty games Mm -hmm. and even play you know, even play the uh, multiplayer, assuming you can find somebody, which is always a challenge, but it's is cool it gonna, to be able to have that ability. Is it going to be a full sticker price for, uh, for Modern Warfare 2 remaster? I think it was 30. It, it's only the campaign. So there's no, no, uh, no multiplayer. So that's good. That's good. I'm glad they, they that would they, be, yeah, that'd be pretty bad. <laughs> a little dastardly a little bit. <laughs> But crazier things have happened for sure. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the lot the multiplayer is huge for I think most, uh, you know, hardcore Call of Duty fans. I mean, I know there's some out there who just play the campaign, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you're charging them sixty bucks for just the campaign, that would be kind of a little yeah. I don't know. So yeah, I I'm really hoping I you know I really hoped that they would do the Modern Warfare Two multiplayer, but I'm hoping maybe 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 there's some way they'll make the Modern Warfare Three full game multiplayer and campaign because campaign's great too but yeah oh man so many memories in the multiplayer for i mean one two and three but especially two and three and you know now i'm not gonna get two i guess i guess i'll never get two Mm. but oh so much fun such good gameplay i imagine they're gonna put something out man i mean it's crazy just like thinking about it like this is like the age of remakes. Like they did a little bit of remaking games back in the day, but now it's just like, dang, one after the other, like the remaking almost, it seems like the entire resident evil, uh, catalog, so far. which is crazy. So it's far, good, It but, seems like it. <laughs> and uh, shadow of Colossus. I mean, obviously final fantasy, they're just going and going and going, which it, yeah. it I don't mind. I, I, I like playing these games. There's enough new games coming out. I feel it's not like I'm like, Oh man, where's all the new game? Like, yeah, they're coming. So, well, if it weren't for COVID, I think there'd be more games coming out. But yeah, yeah, that makes development a lot harder for sure. Mm-hmm. But I'm cool with the remakes; uh, they excite me enough, you know. Yeah, that's it for now. All right. Well, we have a movie to talk about. You know, the theaters are closed. We haven't done a lot of uh, uh, movie released reviews or anything like that, and so uh, Luke suggested we review the banker which is exclusive to Apple TV plus. So uh, what made you interested in the banker Luke? Uh, I Googled movies available on streaming and that was one of the first ones that came up. Wow. And I remember that that one, I mean, and, and looking back on, I'm kind of glad I did. It just, I don't know. It feels like one of those Oscar like created movies, not that it's going to win anything, but it like, it felt like it was that caliber to me, you know, the way it was filmed. And I mean, the movie looked just great, you know, like, I don't know. It's just, it looks super professional. Like just the way they filmed it. Yeah. It like a movie like made by people who make movies and have made them for a long time. I was going to ask you about this, Luke, cause you know, it did watching the movie. It did have, you know, cause when you watch a Netflix or Hulu or whatever kind of exclusive movies, you're like, Oh, this looks good. This looks good. But it's like a caliber below Hollywood. But this did look like it was, was this supposed to be released in theaters and they um, got snatched up? I sure up? thought so. Yeah, I sure thought so, but I don't know for sure. It does say this is an Apple original. Mm-hmm. Um, it says in theaters, March 6th, watch on Apple TV plus March 20th. So I think that alone tells you that they were doing this as a short run so that it can be considered for Oscars. Because I think it's two weeks they have to be. Oh, okay. I see. Cool. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I didn't know anything about this movie uh, before you recommended it. I was like, okay, let's do this. And I watched the trailer. And uh, I was like... Oh, you hadn't seen the trailer in theaters? No. Oh, I thought you had. Okay. 
I'm not. I just I just uh, looked it up like right before I watched it, basically because Amber went and watched it with me, and she was like, "What are we? What am I getting into here? Is this a movie about banking?" And I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> so let's let's see this." And so we watched the, the trailer. Kind of. Yeah, I mean, it totally is. But uh, <laughs> if it was just that, I probably wouldn't be. Uh, like the real estate it. mogul would have been a better t- better title. <laughs> yeah. More accurate. Not, not better, but more accurate. <laughs> Exactly. I don't feel like this is a movie that's here. It's here to teach you about banking and or anything like that. It's a place in time. But uh, what did you think about yeah. the banker? Oh man. Um, well, I was kind of of two different minds on this one. So, like, I would say about forty, fifty percent into this movie, I was thinking, what would I say right? If Jordan was to come up to me at this moment. I don't know why, but this is the thought that came through my head when I was watching it. Coming to your door. What would I say right now? Because I just, sometimes I like to reflect while I'm watching a movie, kind of just formulate my opinion. You know, it takes a little bit of time to come up with the exact words because sometimes I can ramble. So I try not, but my thought then was like, this is super vanilla. I feel like I'm eating vanilla ice cream and I have no toppings at this point. Like it's good. I love vanilla ice cream, (laughs) you know, but at this point, there's just not anything that's catching my attention that much. It's, you know, it's a, it's a well-made movie that's really good, but the story is kind of bland. But then about that point, that's when, like, crap started hitting the fan. <laughs> you know, that was kind of the point where, like, he went back to Texas and, like, you know, all that stuff happened. And mm-hmm. then, you know, I would say the movie kind of changed at that point, and it really leaned into just obviously what a tough time it was for people of color minorities i'm sure of any kind and you know what a tough thing it was so at that point it was it was hard to not pay attention after that you know obviously it's a tough subject you know to make a movie about it's a tough subject to talk about but i think the movie did a pretty good job of addressing it from there there on out i thought like I said, I thought it was kind of bland in the beginning. Didn't really, if it was a movie, if it was a TV show, for instance, and that had been like the first episode, I would have been like, this is boring. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't really care about this guy, like, you know, making up buildings and all that. And then it like, you know, got into some more serious subjects. And, you know, obviously it was a crazy thing that happened that I didn't really know about because <laughs> I'm not that familiar with the history, even here in our yeah. country. But yeah, I was, uh, I think there was a lot of good things about it, but I think, you know, overall it's, it's hard to ignore a movie like that when it's talking about something that's so important. I, I would love to know how accurate everything was. I think that's always important when anybody makes a movie, because I think a point of view can get injected into the movie and, you know, whether they want to sway you one way or the other, that can just seep in. So I don't know how exactly accurate it was, but it's certainly hard to ignore. Sure. Yeah, I went just to kind of uh, give people some of the lowdown. If you're listening to this and you know you're like me and didn't know what the banker was, it's it's basically about a, a man named uh, Bernard Garrett who um, basically was this uh, kind of this uh, genius who uh, wanted to kind of make it. He was living in you know Jim Crow America, and so what he wants to do, he wanted to buy real estate in white neighborhoods and uh, lease to a, a lot of the uh, uh, people of color in those areas. And so he ended up like that kind of ended up escalating until he wants to basically buy banks that are selling to me, uh, mainly uh, white customers. Yeah. Well, he started in LA and then he came back to Texas and that's kind of when everything got crazy mm-hmm. with the banks. And a lot of it, I think it's a, it's like a process movie of like how they did it and kind of the ups and downs and kind of how things, yeah. uh, how it turns out basically. Um, I am with you um, as far as uh, with, I think a lot of what you're saying, um, how when it starts off, I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. You know, I've seen, I know this, you know, I, I know this movie. Yeah. Um, I will yeah. say this before I get into that. I think the cast is good. I think uh, the cast is actually great. Um, Anthony Mackie, he's an actor. I've always, I haven't seen too much of him. He's, I've always thought he was capable, but he's good in this. He's one of, it's one of those, uh, he didn't have a lot of crazy stuff to do, but seeing him in this role, he, um, I was able to see the character and not just that's Anthony Mackie. You know what I mean? He had this really, he had this like, uh, it's yeah. even brought out in the movie, this quiet anger, but also the sternness to him that, you know, mm-hmm. it's, he was, he was able to portray that really well. And Samuel L. Jackson, it's like, he was just injected into this movie and he's just 
he's mostly entertainment. Honestly, he's a lot of humor, a lot of levity comes from, and he's entertaining. He's laughing like half the time. <laughs> he's just himself, honestly. Hundred <laughs> percent. That's that's the thing with Samuel L. I, I don't know how often he's really like in his character. I will say he's just Samuel L. Is Samuel L. <laughs> that's just who he is. Yeah, the question when you have Samuel L. Jackson in a movie, it's always going to be the same Samuel L. Jackson, but you're selecting from the dial of how much you're going to get. How Samuel L. Jackson is it going to be? Is it going to be dialed back to be a little bit more subtle, or is he going to be turned to 11? Or is he Pulp Fiction? Yeah, or is he Pulp Fiction? (laughs) Or Or Snakes on a Plane. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's turned up pretty high here. For a movie like this, for a movie like this, he was turned up pretty yeah. high, and he's pretty wild in this, actually. <laughs> but I liked him. It was entertaining to see him uh, kind of like tag team with Anthony Mackie on this journey. And you need him because, like, I don't know. There's, I looked up a little bit about uh, the real life story um, after yep. I watched this movie. I was curious. I was like, is this all bullcrap, or did a lot of this, a lot of this happen? Um, you know, a lot of details were changed. It wasn't just you know Nicholas Holt is the the, the white dude they have kind of as their. Uh, <laughs> conduit but there were multiple people involved um in doing this right one um but you gotta make it more cinematic yeah and i, and I doubt that um <laughs> there wasn't anything if, if uh, samuel jackson's character is as much of a <laughs> of a hoot as he is in this movie <laughs> right and he definitely is but you know i, I will agree with you saying like you know when it was kind of going it was more of a process movie I'm like okay yeah this is fine I, I am into it, but I'm not like, oh man, I can't wait to see what happens next. So I'm like, I'm freaking, I feel like I know what happens next. But then when things get kind of more uh, tense, I, I do feel like complicated with Nicholas Holt's character for sure. Yeah. That's when things get heated. Exactly. And you kind of wonder where it's going to turn. And then when it kind of gets to the end of things, then I feel like I'm actually back in that, okay, I know how this is going to go, which is, you know, kind of the sad thing about that is this is a real life story. This is the injustice that uh, occurred. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it was kind of the same story over and over again, but, you know, honestly, we're seeing a movie. And so like, I have to comment. I'm like, okay, yeah, I do feel like, okay, here's a part where he makes the speech. And, and for that, you know, I felt like it was, it became a lot less memorable towards the end. It didn't leave off on a memorable note. I did feel like, okay, the movie just kind of ended, you know, it was kind of like, and then that happened in the movie. So, you know what I mean? I think that is one of the impressive things about a film director who's filming a movie about something that actually happened because I think that can be one of the more challenging challenges when it comes to telling a story can be, you know, if you're telling your own story, you can like think about it in this crazy way and be like, how am I going to lay all this out? But then when you're thinking about something that actually happened to somebody, especially when you're dealing with like, if the people are still alive, you know, and talking to them and stuff like a lot of that, I feel like can mold the way you want to tell the story and can sometimes make it, more bland like i think this movie kind of ended up being whereas like it's a really interesting story but like maybe you could have changed it and made it like this really neat thing but man that's challenging like how am i going to make this story that i already know you know i know all the places it's going to go but how am i going to make it like really exciting for the people to get here and there and not them getting to that place like you said where it's like oh i kind of already know this 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 is what's going to probably happen next and then this is going to happen because I don't think you ever want your audience to get there. You want them to be like, wow, what is going on? Like there, there's some mystery about this character. There's some mystery about what their journey is going to be. So yeah, that, that can be tough. Um, Shawshank Redemption, I think is one where, you know, that actually was something that happened, but it was told in a way that like was super interesting and keep, kept people on the edge of their seat the whole time. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's tough because, you know, life doesn't have a three-act structure a lot of the time. I think I'd like to see – I would have liked it, you know, a lot of these movies, like, sometimes – they went for the big the big moment at the end. You know, it's like they had a speech. And, you know, I think, like, as far as, like, speeches go, I was kind of like, okay, this is kind of like speeches interrupt us here. It's not like – I was like, okay, here's the big <laughs> speech. This is going to be powerful. I'm going to be welling up. And I was like, okay, you know. It, <laughs> and I feel like maybe you go for sometimes the subtle – the subtle knife, I don't know, is the one that's like you, you, ha- you do something subtle that makes you really, that makes the themes of the movie kind of set in and kind of like get you in a way where you're not like, okay, here's another uh, powerful speech at the end of the movie that we've seen a thousand times. I mean, you can still uh, be in the realm of reality 
um, and not, you know, go nuts and do some crazy thing just in the name of sensationalism, but just do something subtle that make you go, Ooh, that all that stuff happened, but you did something, whether it's a moment of silence, because a lot of movies do that, right? Where they pan to the character's face and there's this moment of silence and, and a moment that like where all the themes are kind of setting in and you have a realization as an audience member. Um, there, there, this isn't that type of movie. Um, this movie is here to entertain um, and also kind of like make you sad <laughs> in parts too. But yeah. I don't know. I think I feel like it didn't stick the ending very well. But overall, you know, like first act, I'm like, you know, this is bland, but I'm enjoying it. Second act, I'm like, this is like the intricacies are like, okay, this is really kind of cool. And I'm wondering where it's going to go. And yeah. I'm nervous for these characters. But then the third act, I'm like, okay, this is fine but i'm just kind of you know i'm just kind of like okay i'm not it makes the movie more forgettable for me um at the end of the day i feel like i don't know you got anything else uh about the movie yeah i had a dog barking so i was muting for a second (laughs) oh yeah um yeah i mean it's you know it's it's a movie where i feel like like i said i think there's a lot of blandness there's a lot of boringness to it but it's you know, it's, it's certainly an interesting story. I just, uh, or how it could have been told, you know, it, it, it grabbed my attention in the subject matter, but not so much in the, the way it was filmed. So, yeah, you know, it's kind of a mix, two different things. It, it's one of those things. This is a, it's a good message. You know, that's the thing. It's a really good message in this movie. And there's a lot of movies with this message too. I think this one hammers, uh, hammers in the, uh, not really hammers. I'm not going to say hammers because it's not, like that blatant it's like it's well done how it talks about uh uh, inequality and privilege and stuff like that and it discusses that in a really good and mature way um but i feel like it's done better in other movies too (laughs) and so it's hard to see a good message that you're like wow yeah this is powerful that a lot of this stuff happens but when you're looking at it as a movie sometimes you're like okay you know you've seen it done better you know and yeah ah, yeah <laughs> yeah but good at the end of the good, day good good and bad for sure yeah so. yeah um is there anything as far as uh spoilers you want to talk to so, so i guess spoilers um if uh you go ahead and see this movie i'll take go ahead and see it you're in quarantine you got time probably go ahead and see it so if you got a uh, apple apple tv plus you can get that uh free uh seven days like i did to watch yeah it. i would definitely say it's worth a watch for sure yeah. it's it's not a movie that I think is going to win any awards, which I think they were going for, yeah. which, you know, I'm disappointed. I, I I'm rooting for Apple. I want their new streaming service to work. I think they're trying to do a lot of things, right? I think they try really hard to keep the quality of the content high. So I, I'm, I'm hoping they do better so far. I think they've been middling, you know, in their quality, right. but I, I hope they can get that home run. But uh, I mean, I think this is a get. Like, I honestly, as far as, because this is a movie you would see, a lot of people would see in theaters, and uh, you see it, and you're like, this is a film of caliber. Yeah. You know, this has the people you want to see. Yeah, it's, it's an incredible cast, for sure. Yeah, so I think this is a really good get for Apple TV Plus, as far as, like, to add to the Uber. I'd like to see more of this caliber, or more, you know, uh, maybe more unique I, stuff. I wish it had been a Dunkirk, though, I guess is what I'm saying. I wish it had yeah. been a movie where it's like, you have to see this movie. This is a top 100 movie, a mm-hmm. best ever film. But, you know, I think it was quite a fo- ways down from that, mm-hmm. which yeah. is disappointing. Yeah, exactly. You, you want to see them doing something a little more, like, uh, different like you, you want to see them have their uh, bird box or whatever you yeah. know movie they're like yeah. oh my gosh this is weird and crazy you gotta see this or whatever i don't yeah. know um a little i think overrated. they're still looking for that yeah yeah uh for sure um spoilers there's one part of the movie i was like really i, I just wanted to talk to you about this it's when that is that moment in the in the movie where uh uh, t- uh what's his face uh, uh nicholas holt's character is a talk having a conversation with his wife and then it's like uh oh yeah i remember the part so racist (laughs) (laughs) and it's like holy can't be smarter than you no like you can't be dumber than them (laughs) i know that's funny that's impossible i'm like oh my god she's evil you know and it's like it's like did you have a conversation with her i know i know we haven't spent much time with her as an audience but did you like that's where that's kind of what I was talking about at the beginning where it was like, 
I don't know how much of this is the director or the writer's, you know, opinion getting in and they're trying to push this, like everyone's racist kind of message in it. I don't know. You know, <laughs> obviously I wasn't there. I don't know exactly what happened in history, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure things were rough, but it did seem like with that, it's like, did you really have to go there? Because I'm pretty sure that's just a character that, you know, you created who they were. Like, obviously that person had a wife, but like you said, like it was several people. So it's like, you probably could have made that wife like whatever you wanted. And I, I just, yeah. I don't know if that was really appropriate. She could have been the supporting person that, you know, all the other people were that were involved with their business. And I just, it just seemed a little unnecessary. Yeah. It, it was just kind of just rant. Like sometimes like to, to like inject someone villainous, it's like, what? Cause like, I just thought about it. I'm like, really? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, not too outdated that you would talk to the person that you're going to marry, figure out if your values align at all, you know, if they're a vicious racist, you know, I think you'd figure that out maybe, but I don't know. It it was just so weird. Um, Then you have like this other like character. You're like, "Uh Oh, he's the big bad villain. You know, the, uh, the son of the person who owns the bank in Texas or whatever, or owned it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he kind of just pieces out. He like does some damage, and he's like, "All right," <laughs> he pieces out. It was just kind of weird. I was trying to find his name, but I'm not seeing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I liked the wife character. I'm uh, Eunice or whatever. Uh, I Nia liked Long. Yeah. yeah, I thought she was good in the movie. I thought like, uh, it, it's funny because yeah, when it's like you don't see it very often i mean it was a little heavy-handed at the time because i don't know if they're going to have that conversation in this movie during this time but yeah i mean it it does point a finger at that like a lot of movies that are so pinpoint focused on race they're like oh yeah think about how worse it is to be a woman and be black i mean it's and so it was just an interesting way to bring her in here i like the part i actually thought it was effective the part where he's like kind of proud and he's like no i'm not gonna I'm not going to put on uh, this outfit and be a janitor. And he's like, it's like, why should you expect me to do it? You know? And it was just, uh, I thought that was actually pretty powerful. Oh, one second. I, I'm having a problem with Mike. Uh, there's some crackling on my end. I don't know if everybody out there can hear that, but okay. it's just crackling like constantly. Oh, the real bad. All right. I'm going to stop it and start it again. It's definitely, I mean, she's a good actress. She's, she's done quite a few movies and, yeah, I mean that's certainly an interesting concept. I, I think, you know, I don't, I don't mean to be like feel bad for people, but like being a woman in general, <laughs> it's just, it's got to be harder. Like, yeah, just yeah. in general, no matter what race you are, but you know, obviously, especially as a minority, and it's a sad thing, you know, for sure. And I, mm-hmm. I feel for the people who have to deal with like just jerk men in general. But God. certainly in that time period, like. It's just got to be tough. I, I feel for the ladies. I, I know life can be hard, but Nia Long, just just to comment on her, like she has like just this like calming presence on screen. I I, I like her. I think she should be starring in more movies. Honestly, it seems like mm-hmm. she's always the bridesmaid, never the bride kind of actor actress <laughs> at this point. And I, I think she could easily be a lead woman in you know plenty of movies, but I haven't seen her there yet, and I it's sad. I think. Yeah, she's you know, in, this, in this culture. I think she might get more opportunities. So I, I hope she she does. I think she could be. I, I almost had the name the the lady from uh, um, Hidden Figures. What, what's her name, Jordan? I just blanked on it. She could, she could be. Uh, that's not the one I was thinking of. Olivia <laughs> Spencer. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but anyways, whoever it is, um, she could be of that caliber. I think given yeah. the right opportunity. She's, yes, chops. you know, a beautiful, beautiful actress. And she's also, you know, she just, I don't know. She, she takes her characters seriously and she has a good way of delivering lines, which I think a lot of that can just be a natural thing. Like sometimes even though somebody can be super trained, they just, <laughs> you know, they, they just, they can't do it. There's just something that's, it doesn't come naturally for them to deliver their lines in a way that people want to watch their movies. And I, I think she kind of has some of that. So. Yeah, having yeah, on-screen really good. presence is uh, hard to do. Sometimes you yeah. see the gears moving, you know what I mean? You're like, she's acting. It's hard but- to even explain to a person like, what they're doing wrong because just that's how they are. And then somebody else does it, and it's just, wow, like that just worked. <laughs> exactly. But I think she could be one of those. 
Absolutely. I'm playing around with my Zoom settings. It's it's just so weird. <laughs> I'm like going into gallery view. And it's I'm actually like, getting worse. It's getting worse. Oh, crap. Yeah. Well, um, Try muting yourself and unmuting. Okay. Maybe that would change something. Is that any better? Uh, not right now. <laughs> oh, shoot. All right. Well, uh, do, you, do you have anything else to say about uh, The Banker before we wrap up? No, I don't think so. But... You know, it's a movie that I absolutely think is worth the watch, but I think it just it missed the mark in a lot of ways. It's it's a movie that you know addresses a very interesting story and a tough time when a lot of people were, you know, obviously being treated in an incorrect way. So, mm-hmm. you know, definitely interesting. I just it wasn't original enough. I think that's kind of what <laughs> we've come to agree on. It yeah. wasn't something that kept you guessing like you want a great movie to. Yeah, and uh, I will say this though, you know, for a movie that's like about banking and uh, real estate. There's a lot of like that people will be turned off by that. I'm one of them. I'm not interested in banking. I'm not interested in real estate. It wins you over uh, to be interested in the story. You know, it's not like, Oh my God, shut up. You know what I mean? It's like, no, I'm actually yeah. they, the, the fact that they're able to present it in a way where I'm like, I'm interested in what they're talking about is impressive. And so I'll say that I'll end on a good note because I think overall it's pretty, pretty positive. Just, if not a little bit bland. yeah for sure all right well i'm excited about next week to talk about lord of the rings <laughs> not a new movie but i'm just excited to talk about it. i got some stuff to say and uh yeah if uh hey and if you want to uh refamiliarize yourself with it between now and uh next monday check it out go watch that movie if you have a way to watch it just just you know you got time in your hands you can watch 10 hours of movie just do it <laughs> maybe that's I don't right know. <laughs> Or watch the unextended versions. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We trim a, trim at least an hour and a half off by not watching the extended versions. But I recommend the extended yeah. <laughs> versions for the record. But anyways, thank you guys so much. Luke, always a pleasure. It's good to see you. On that That's screen. right. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us. See you.